Lucas Luan. Mm-hmm. And well, as we've known each other for, we think, 15 years. Round about. <laughs> <laughs> and when I met you, you were working in IT in a massive big corporate company. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're allowed to say their name. We shall not mention. Okay, all right. <laughs> massive company. Fairly big. But you left and you're now doing your own thing. So mm-hmm. uh, do you want to tell us why you left the corporate world and what you're up to now? Sure. I was in corporate for 13 years of my life at various different corporate entities, all of whom we shall not mention. <laughs> um, one may or may not be in a bank, one or may or may not have been an auditing company. Anyway, (laughs) carry on. (laughs) And one thing I learned from that is that I don't think that you can adapt to working in the corporate world. I think you have to be born to work in the corporate world. You can't learn to work in a corporate world. And I I don't really think, I I just think you like it or you don't. It's not something that you can adapt to and that you can learn and then you can learn to like. You either like it or you don't. Coming from the the corporate world myself, I know exactly what you're saying. You, You get a corporate job because that's what everyone does when they leave university or college and mm. it's not what I envisioned for myself um, I never thought I'd be stuck in an office so I, I completely hear you um, yeah. so after undergoing a, a really bad experience at my last corporate job which we shall yes, still yeah. not mention who it is <laughs> Actually, what happened there is a senior manager on the case had an opinion that was picked over mine, even though she was in the wrong. So, And that's just how corporate is. I mean, if you are up there with the managers and senior managers, you always get chosen as an opinion. And the guy that's working underneath you is just a nobody, really. Yeah. You're a number. That's yeah, basically yeah. what you are. So anyway, I decided that that was it after that last experience. And starting my own business was an idea I'd been toying with since January of 2013, actually. Eventually, everything just came to fruition and I started Lutec Information Services in September of 2013. So we're officially six years old next week. I can't believe it. <laughs> been, been a long time. We've crossed several hurdles and made some good decisions and made some bad decisions along the way. Uh, but it's all been a learning curve. So, I mean, at the time, it was really tough. It was a a cut and run scenario where I had no capital, there was no client base and there was no fallback really. I had my knowledge and my biggest strength which was client centricity. And that, along with a lot of prayer, <laughs> is what cemented the foundation of which our company is built on today. Uh, our core business is providing IT support and advisory services to individuals, home users, and small companies. Um, we try to keep it small so that we can maintain that high level of client centricity that we pride ourselves on. Yeah, It's a very niche service offering. Not a lot of people out there are actually doing. And I think that counts to our advantage yeah. because like I said, we don't look at really big companies. We try to keep it minimalistic. And that's it. We do end-to-end IT from procurement to equipment relocation, anything really. There's nothing we can't do. How was that, uh, you know, compared to your, your corporate job? Because you've obviously been in IT for a long time. So yes. what were you doing in the corporate world that was different? So very much the same, really. It was just more process-driven. So if someone had a problem, there would be a ticketing system that gets assigned to to a technician that has to mm. go out and see the person and they kind of deal the things start to finish but you have targets to meet and you have to see certain amount of clients per day and if you didn't reach the target you're going to shit for that and it, just, it was just messy yeah. it was very micromanaged and even though I was at a stage sort of senior level in 
the IT department at said company, there wasn't a lot of decisions that you could make. You would always need to run it past someone who would be like, nah, I don't think it's a good idea. It's not going to happen. And then shoot it down. I think that's what happens in a big company. Uh, Mm. The more people there are, the more red tape and bureaucracy creeps in and then you're sitting in a situation where no one can make any decisions exactly and um, the decision makers don't necessarily make the right decisions they might think it is that at the time but uh, so yeah anyway um, moving along now we're in a position where we can make the decisions and yes we've made some bad decisions and it's come back to bite us and we've made some really good decisions and it's come back to reward us Mm. so it's it's a 50 50 really but it's all about what you make Uh, how long did it take you to start becoming profitable the reason i ask is because i know a couple of people that are starting their own businesses as well and starting with no capital is a massive challenge because you have to live in the meantime and a lot of people are kind of like no you have to hang in there because you start seeing a profit after a year you still have to live for that year so uh, you know how did you cope with that and how long did it take you to kind of get things off the ground so that was probably the, the toughest part the beginning well not probably it was definitely the toughest part because for the first month you know that you have nearly zero money coming in so mm-hmm. you can't you can't live on the bare basics yeah and you don't splash you don't do anything luxury you don't do anything really and i must say it probably i was fortunate enough in that we could get from a word of mouth point of place where people would punt us and we had recurring business even though it was two or three clients a month we had the bills getting paid yeah so even though i was probably earning 60 percent of what i was earning at the previous job we could make it through the month and i think to get to the salary that i was at the previous company took i was fortunate it took about three months oh wow okay so it was pretty quick, was quick. i think persistence pays off and there's two things that i've again concluded in the years of experience that we've gained now running this small company for it's still a baby company at six years old but the two things that I've or the one thing that I've actually realized is if you are starting a business and you are offering a service you need to offer it at a competitive price Mm. if you're going to be offering at the same price as what your competitor is what's to say I'm not going to phone your competitor or you need to offer at the same price but then throw in additional services or additional perks or additional products or something so that it's kind of a buy x get Y free yeah, something like, like that deal um, yeah you need to do something that is out of the ordinary that puts you in a different league uh, mm. so that if you look up plumber in the telephone book <laughs> you're going to get 15 plumbers which one are you going to call yeah. you're going to call the one that's the cheapest or that's going to get there the quickest and maybe fix another tap for you that's leaking <laughs> silly example but he's going to do something that the other plumber's not going to do so yeah. you need to stand out above your competitors mm. and I think that's what gives you the edge in making your business successful I saw started out as just doing writing and I've kind of diversified and people are wanting XYZ so I'm doing all kinds of things now that I didn't actually start out to to do absolutely so, so that's another thing evolves. about your own business is there's never something that you can't do so if anyone asks you go yeah of course we can do it and then you go figure out how to do it yeah. because that's what you need to do Google is so you just never say no yeah. <laughs> right so working in IT there was a, a documentary on Netflix I don't know if you watched it called the great hack about what was that whole facebook cambridge analytica thing and ai driven algorithms and that kind of thing uh, collecting data what i want to know is are our computers trying to kill us i think there are two buzzwords in the technology and it industry right now first is cloud yeah it's a big thing that everyone's speaking about and the second is iot 
or what is known as the Internet of Things. And I think that is what the great act on Netflix is more linked to. So I'm going to come back to that. Cool. Let's start with cloud. Um, I think cloud is something that a lot of people are very, very wary of because they wonder where their data sits and who has access to it. I mean, that's a fair question. I think the only thing you can do in this specific cloud scenario is to put your trust, I guess, in the likes of Microsoft and Google, and they will keep your information safe and they have all the necessary measures in place to do so. I believe it is safer than having an on-premise system that is archaic and out dated uh, we always call it the, the 2005 system where there's <laughs> this uh, it's managed on site and i think that cloud is probably just the best place to store your data and i actually said to one of our clients recently if something happens to either google or microsoft in this world i think we face a much bigger problem than your data going missing. <laughs> i've <laughs> never thought of get it that catastrophic way. <laughs> end of the world type of stuff so i think it's safe to put our trust in in the likes of Google and Microsoft and Dropbox and all the cloud providers. I mean, there are millions of them out there just to be sure that your data is safe. Uh, The second thing is then IoT, which is the internet of things. And basically what that means is it is anything that has the ability to connect to the internet. That's from water bottles, believe it or not, to fridges and microwaves. And it's it's anything that has the ability to to connect to the internet. Like I said, we live in a world where I can put my coffee machine on an internet connected plug and schedule it to start brewing coffee at 6.30 in the morning. Now, this does scare a few people that devices are listening in on our conversations and I think that's what that Netflix show actually speaks to. Yes, so I'm chatting to you about sailing yachts, for example, and tomorrow it's in my newsfeed because the devices are listening to your conversation. Um, With certain smart home devices, you can mute them so that they don't listen to your conversations. I find it quite useful, actually. It makes... my life a bit easier as my entry-level smart home allows me to control lights and any other devices when I'm not at home and that's very useful when you're arriving home after dark and you've got to turn in lights on how many of us have done that oh. in the past so if I can just ask uh, hmm. a lot of people used to put those uh, geezer timers on these on their lights which would be affected by power failures and all that as we yes. are want to do here in, in South Africa yes. uh, I believe that load shedding is on the cards again how does the cloud operate? I mean, you'd still need battery backups and all that kind of yes. thing to operate. Absolutely. So you'd, you'd need to run it on an inverter system or a UPS or something like that. We're not going to get into too much technicality right now. But yes, it needs, like anything, it needs power to operate, but it uses very little power because it's all LED driven stuff. So small UPSs will run it for hours. Okay. I don't think there's too much of a concern if you just run it on a proper backup system. Yeah. How is it different from a Giza timer? I don't really know. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about it the last two weeks or so, thinking what if I put the Giza on an internet connected plug? Will it actually work? That you can turn it on and off when you want and you can schedule it to turn off and on at certain times. I'm fairly certain you can do it, but I'll chat to my electrician and I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think just the way that, that smart homes are being done at the moment, I follow a lot of smart home channels on YouTube and to see the way that the guys have set it up is just amazing. I mean, you can ask assistants to do things for you 
You can set reminders, you can set timers, you can ask questions about actors when you're busy watching a movie and you forgot which movie the guy played in. With your voice, you can ask those kind of things. Basically, anything you can search for in Google, you can ask with your voice. Um, They can also be programmed to play your favorite track as you walk into the house simply by saying something like, I'm home or... I've arrived or something it'll okay. play your, your favorite music it'll turn on on the, all the lights that you've set up on routines so I think it's it's something that can make your life easier is it not I mean I'm all for automation in terms of uh, just thinking of the business aspects now uh, running your own business doing your invoicing I'm working in Excel and got very few clients and it takes me like half a day to, to run an invoice batch mm. just to make sure because you've got human error and all that kind of thing so I'm all yes. for automation finding software to do these things for you but taking the human element out of turning on a light are we not losing our humanity potentially we are everyone is looking to make their life easier because we all live in such a rushed world and in such a rushed environment there's no more time to wait silly thing to wait for your laptop to boot up Mm. so that you can start working they want to open their lid and start working immediately gone are the days where they turn their machine on they walk to the coffee machine and they have a conversation about the weekend sport events and then come back and log in and listen to their favorite tracks. It just doesn't happen anymore. They want to sit at a desk, open the, the laptop and start working immediately. And when yeah. they're done, shut the laptop, chuck it in a bag and run again. Mm. Because that's just the nature of our lives. So, yes, uh, I think it's removing humanity a little bit. But I think it creates more time that you can then spend with loved ones. Really? Okay. Because you don't have to worry about, oh, did I put my lights on at home when I left now? Now it's dark. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to come home to a dark house. So, yeah, I think it's 50-50. Okay. okay. Um, I, th- I think you need to get into it to, to understand how it can make your life easier. In South Africa right now, I think it's a market that is growing very slowly. But a lot of consumers are jumping on, on this bandwagon, let's call it what it is. <laughs> when we promote and we demo these items to them and we show them how it can change your life. So, yeah, I think it's going to grow. Look, I don't doubt that it's going to to grow. Everyone wants the, the new shiny thing and, and automated homes are, are the new shiny thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, for me, turning on a light, it ain't no thing. So... I hear you. No, I hear you. And I, I think a lot of people are like that. And it, that's why I say, specifically in this country, it's not as big yet. I mean, in America, they are controlling uh, thermostats in the house. And I mean, I saw a guy that had his dustbin connected to his Wi-Fi so that he could open the dustbin when he walks to it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's silly. But yeah, by us, it's not quite like that yet. So I think the human element is still part of it. And yes, I hope it stays like that for a while. But personally, I like the fact that it makes my life a little easier. Yeah. Cool. I had a question about cloud. So cloud, basically, let me just give you a small little fact around cloud. Mm. And many people may not know this, but if you store your data in the cloud, whether it be a Google Drive or a Dropbox or anything like that, did you know that your data sits on one server somewhere in the world for four seconds and only four seconds? Jeez, okay. And then it jumps to the next server. So it never just stays on one server anywhere in the world. It, mm. it will move every four seconds. And I think that's fascinating because it makes it less hackable. If someone mm. manages to hack that server somehow, your data is probably gone by the time you've logged in. I try to go everything cloud and it works well. Cloud allows you to um, change computers and you can log in from wherever you are in the world or device. You don't have to mm. rely on a hard drive anymore. It does. It makes you more mobile. In the past, you were very office bound mm. with the archaic systems that I spoke about earlier, the 2005 systems. <laughs> you had to clock in at a desk and sit there from eight to five and all your data was stored on a server that's 
in the building and you can work from anywhere else yeah. cloud now allows you that that freedom I almost want to call it that you can work from anywhere so especially with moms that have just had babies and they need to urgently do something they can now at home mm. log in and do what they need to do allows a lot of people a lot of flexibility yeah. to work from anywhere globally laptops are also kind of moving towards that with the is it SSD drives and they don't have big hard drives on them anymore because uh, mm. they're all cloud based it's that and it's for performance as well and that, that's what I spoke about earlier where consumers are arriving opening their laptops and they want to work immediately Apple MacBook style and that's what a solid state drive does to a laptop allows you to have the machine on in four seconds and have it off again in two so yes for for performance that works really well and also because it's small storage we find that not a lot of people keep all their movies and music and TV shows and stuff on their local machines anymore and, mm. and pictures and there's two risks in that your drive can crash <laughs> and you lose all your pictures and we've had a few do that we've had some clients spill cups of coffee over the laptop and the machine is dead uh, including the hard drive and you can get carjacked and your machine can get stolen from your boot while you're in a shopping mall and all your data's gone so a lot of guys prefer to copy their stuff on an external drive get that somewhere in a safe place and they use their laptop purely for work purposes just actual the, the interface yes cool where can people find you on social media obviously you service the Johannesburg area if you hands on tech yes. side so we do Greater Johannesburg we try to keep it within a 50 kilometer radius so we have some clients in Centuria and Pretoria as well we're all over social media so Facebook Twitter and LinkedIn you can find us under Lutec Information Services website is www.lutec.co.za or if you want you can even email us info at lutec.co.za and we'll respond to any queries that any of your listeners might have. Awesome. You sell your hardware, software, and then you've got the tech support stuff as yes. well. Yes. So as I said earlier, we do end-to-end IT. So we do wireless coverage in homes. Uh, we don't do so much the fiber installation itself. Anything inside the homes, anything laptop-wise, any procurement, printers, mouses, mm. hard drives. Mouses, is that right? M- mice, mice. M- mouses, uh, m- mouse. I don't know. Um, those <laughs> <laughs> laptop screens, you name it. Uh, we sell anything that you can, and then we support everything as well. Okay, back, cool. back to front. Yeah. Cool. That was a, a quickie, but interesting, I think. Cool. And yeah, thanks very much for for taking the time to have a bit of a chat. Hundred percent. Thank you and for having us. Sure. And well, I don't know. It's a bit late for another beer. That's maybe. <laughs> it's maybe never, a, never too maybe, late for another maybe, beer. <laughs> Can have a nightcap. <laughs> have a chamomile tea. <laughs> awesome stuff. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, Leon. Cool. Follow the Business of Podcast on my website, megamillist.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at Megamillist. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Megan Darcy, M-E-G-A-N-D apostrophe A-R-C-Y. Chat soon.